Hello everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Weeb Digress. On this episode, we'll be going over Ga Ray Zero. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mike Madran Zero. How you doing, Michael? Hello, I'm, I'm doing well. Welcome to this uh, very NPR-style uh, podcast here. As Mark said, we're going to be going over Ga Ray Zero. And uh, I have some choice fucking words for you, buddy. <laughs> okay, I can't keep doing it. I, I'm, I'm laughing too much. I'm laughing. <sighs> okay, so, yep, we're going over Gallery Zero. And just like the previous shows, I'm going to ask you forthright, what do you think of it? Uh, definitely top three of the, rec- of the, the three you've recommended so far. Not top one or two. Top three of the... I- <laughs> Listen, it took me six episodes to get into it. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. First of all, you had, I had already seen the first episode because you showed it to me when we were in college. Right. Um, I didn't realize that apparently I had seen the first four episodes already. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I was watching them and I was like, wait, I, I've seen this and I know what happens. Uh, so I was like, you know, so maybe that was like part of it. Cause I kind of had already seen those first four and I vaguely remembered them. Right. Um, but yeah, it took me six episodes to get into it. And then there was a moment in episode six where just like the switch flipped and I was like, Oh wait, this is actually pretty well written. Okay. That's good that you said pretty well written. And then I, I, I enjoyed it. Nice. It was no Sankare or go sick, but I I give it like a six and a half. A six and a half. Okay, I'm glad that you said well written because I wanted to talk about the writer of it. Okay. And uh, I guess to give a little background of Gare Zero. So I'll just give a little bit, uh, very broad synopsis. So in Japan, there exists a government agency known as the Supernatural Disaster Countermeasures Division, or the SDCD, whose duty it is to protect the citizens from creatures unseen. They are able to dispatch these monsters swiftly and without alerting the general public, but they're facing a big challenge a betrayal of one of their own and that's the big overarching uh, plot of the thing um but one of the most important aspects of this show is that it's a prequel to a manga and uh that manga being gare (laughs) kind of like what (laughs) so Yeah. yeah when the series ends um you know at the end of episode 12 you actually see the manga series begin so it goes it goes nicely into that and i i think it is actually like a really good story just by itself i don't think i I haven't read the manga so i don't think you need to go read the manga to fully enjoy it even though i have seen snippets of what happens in the manga yeah well so i was i was reading into it right right uh, you know the main character of gare zero is the do do i think the word is do duagonist or doagonist of gare which the the second main character right right so it's like you know it's very much like her story in the anime and then i guess you know not so much in the in the manga (laughs) yeah from what i saw it's like between her and the dude's name is kensuke that's the main character of the manga but like towards the end it's more towards her and and yomi again 
okay. That's, that's a spoiler right there, I guess. That's a spoiler right there, but that's what we're here for. Okay, yeah. so Gare Zero, uh, like I said before, this is an anime adaptation and prequel of Hajime Segawa's manga series Gare. And uh, it was directed by A. Aoki, and we'll be talking about him later. And it was animated by AIC Spirit, which, Spirits, which is Anime International Co- Company. What a great name, right? Yep. Hey, we're an international anime company. What do you think we should name ourselves? Anime International Company. Fuck, dude. R- write it down. <laughs> it's fucking good. Write it down. <laughs> um, I think they did a pretty good job. I yeah. I love the animation, uh, especially towards the end. Uh, the one of the final fights at the end. I think it's very well animated. There was not a place where I was like, "This is very out of place and not good." The character designs were really great. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things about this show is the character designs. Um, when did uh, when did the show come out originally? Two thousand eight. Okay, so I I don't know if it was just me, but uh, there were I I like the animation, so I'll, I'll say that first. Right. There was definitely some parts though where I I could I felt like it was very influenced by like you know, anime of the nineties, like in the way that they would portray like motion. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This was definitely a mid two thousands anime. You could, you, you could, you could definitely tell it's, uh, I, I think this is one of the better shows that they've animated. They've also done the Tenchi Muyo, um, series, which if you ever seen that, it's like a harem. Uh, what else have they done? That's like, Big Hagenai, which is a very good show. We might be covering that one later. It's really good. Okay. Um, Ah, my goddess, another another harem one. Samurai harem. I don't know if you could tell what that one is. Heaven's about, lost uh, property. It's about uh samurai's harem. That's when Tom Cruise <laughs> goes to Japan, right? And becomes a samurai or some shit. Uh, exactly, exactly what it is. is. Data live. More Tenchi Muyo. So you can see they have a uh, a lot of those are harems. Okay. A lot of those yeah, are harems. Which is your favorite genre. Oh yeah, definitely my favorite genre. But I feel this is one of their better shows. Uh, now, I'm not just saying that because this is one of my favorite shows personally. But I think it is, it's one of their better shows. Because harem anime, they, they focus on certain aspects of the character. And other aspects get lost. Yeah, dude. Like their personality. Personality, personality, personality. And their big honking eyes. <laughs> okay but that that's aic that's anime international company they actually haven't animated anything since 2013 i don't know if they went oh, really? um from what i see here it says in april 2021 aic rights entered into a business alliance with toei agency the two companies going forward co-owning the copyrights to some of the intellectual properties so toei animates one piece yeah and stuff like that so they're they're big they are big. Uh, but that's that's the company. And I want to talk about the director because I was going over his direct his his directing resume. Okay? And I'm I'm going to he hasn't done a lot, but I'm going to tell you what he's directed. So he started off with Girls Bravo. Okay. And his second series was Gare Zero. Okay. His third series, one of my favorite manga of all time, was Wandering Sun. 
And then his four series with Fate Zero, the best Fate. Really? The, Fate Zero is so fucking good. This is the anime I recommend to literally everybody. It's just so fucking good. And I was like, character interaction in Fate Zero is so fucking good. And then going back to watch Garay Zero with how much I care about all the characters, I'm just like, oh, I see. And then uh, All the Noah Zero, which is also insanely good. Recreators, one of my favorite anime from, you know, recent times. And he's doing the Id series. That's his most recent one. Id Invaded and Id Indeed. So he's he's good. Ei Aoki. He's a, he's a swell dude. And I think his directing style really highlights the relationships between characters. And that is the main focus of this entire series. The relationship between Yomi and Kagura. Yeah. And, you know, and then their relationships with everybody else. But their their relationship is the main focus. Yomi, you mean I can fix her? <laughs> That's all I could think of. I, was, I could fix her. <laughs> <laughs> I I freaking love Yomi. I yeah, she's great. I am um, Yeah, dude. I was one I, of my earliest waifus. I was definitely like, you know, when she was doing her thing, I was like, fuck yeah, dude, they deserve it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, Aoki, he's, I didn't realize that he also directed freaking Fate Zero and Recreators, and I'm just like, wow, that actually blew my mind. Dude is really talented. I'm going to be watching Id just because I love his direction. But uh, you mentioned something about the writing, Michael. Yes. This was all written by Katsuhiko Takayama. And dude has written a lot of stuff. A lot of not good stuff and a lot of good stuff. <laughs> okay. No in between? <laughs> There's, okay. So, like one or the other. So, I count this as a highlight. I also okay. count my teen romantic comedy Snafu as a highlight. That's one of my favorite shows just ever. It's so fucking good. I'd also count Despite of Amnesia as a highlight. But then, oh, and uh, Mirai Nikki, he, he also did that. But then you see that he did Big Order. And Big Order is fucking terrible. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. I've never seen it. Big Order is fucking terrible. And uh, Anje Vierge, which is also fucking terrible. <laughs> so I'm just like, how does this guy, how does he do that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it blew my mind and then he comes back with Sagrada Reset which I thought was pretty good and Heavy Object which I thought was pretty good and Tokyo ESP which is also from the same author as Garay and I thought that was pretty good oh that makes sense okay yeah I had read a thing that some of the characters from Garay's I think specifically Zero appeared in Tokyo ESP they do yeah and people were confused and thought they shared the universe, but it was just supposed to be an homage. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So it's like he either just hits it out of the park. I mean, he's got a lot of good stuff, you know, like Baka and Test, Cat Planet Cuties, which uh, I'm not going to say is good, but it's, it's good. <laughs> it's, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, I mean, okay. I'm glad that you say that because like I said, I enjoyed 50% of this anime. <laughs> But Michael, he did the screenplay to Boku no Pico. Which I have not seen. 
and I'm not going to see. Don't. Based on what I've heard about Don't. it. Don't. Which is like, I haven't heard any plot details about it, but, you know, I've heard enough. Yeah, you've, you've heard enough. You don't need to. But let that sink in. The dude who wrote Gare Zero did the screenplay for Boku no Pico. That's, that's called, that's diversity right this there. man he's he's done everything jeez that is phenomenal man <laughs> oh i love it uh but yeah i think the the strongest point is the uh, interaction between characters and i think that's what needed to be the strongest because it, it made me it made me really care what happened to yomi and to kagura that is the main i think that's the main goal they set out and I think they definitely did it, in yeah, my opinion. And, and you know, to be fair, obviously the the writing was there, but I also I I saw the uh, the English uh, dub. I, I saw, did I as well. Dub. Okay, I think that the cast that they had was like they really knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah, oh yeah. With with their their performance because. Um, obviously, like if you're watching something live action, it's easy to see like the little nuances in somebody's performance, like the looks on their face, right? Things like that, gestures. But you, when it's voice acting, it's just all in the voice. And so I think of like the interactions between um, Kagura's dad and uncle. Yeah. And like the nuances in the voice performances of those actors were like, even though it wasn't a tense scene, you could still tell that there was tension there right between the two of them you know yeah right 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 or not Kagura's dad i'm sorry um yomi's dad yeah yomi's yeah yomi's adoptive Adoptive dad and uh her uncle you yeah who is uh fuck uncle you yeah uncle (laughs) uncle fuck you am i right (laughs) (laughs) oh man so uh before we get into the series what do you think of the opening and the ending so the opening, by the way, is Paradise Lost, performed yes. by Minori Chihara, and the ending was Yume no Ashioto ga Kikoeru, performed by Kaoru Mizuhara. I enjoyed the opening more than I did the ending. I'm with, with you on that. One. Said though, I mean, if if they were to pop up in a playlist, I would have no idea what the song was. You know, like I would not know where it was from. Yeah, the, I think that's one of the weakest things for me. Is a not not saying they're bad, but it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is a this is definitely an uh, an opening. You know, it's not like Sankarea's opening where I fucking loved Sankarea's oh, opening. Oh, dude, uh, even Go Six. You know what? I would still say though, Go Six second ending still bottom of the list. <laughs> bottom of the list. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So I'm with you on that one 100 percent of the way. Uh I did like the ending a lot or the opening a lot more and i'm glad that they used it for the ending a couple times when they yeah. were when they skipped the opening and they're just like let's just throw it in at the end i was like all right sick yeah. that's cool i'm with it that's fine uh but with that i think we can get into the actual series yeah. and i love the first episode it it pulls the old switcher it pulls the old uno reverse card on you oh which I will say, okay, maybe me saying it took me six episodes to get into is not exactly true because the first episode is actually really good. I really enjoyed that first episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think it was because of the switcher <laughs> that it took me five more episodes to get back into it. So, sorry, go ahead. So the, the episode basically starts off with our boy Toru Kanze at a grave site, grave site. And, you know, he's being the emo main protagonist, dude. He's got the spiky hair and shit. 
and he, then he's just like, "Ugh, tragic past," because um, it flashes back to a white kid standing over a dead person, and he's like, "Ugh," and then you switch to Yomi, and she's like, "You have to kill her. You have to." And then he like, you know, that's his bad memory, and uh, he gets interrupted by Natsuki, who is a total babe. Yeah. Yeah. She first yeah. off, she rides. She rides a motorcycle. And, you know, she's a total babe, comes in, and is just like, yo, Toru, there's some demons attacking, or some ghosts and shit, we gotta go. So then they go, whatever, they go help the rest of the, everybody that else that's been called out to take care of it, and they all just die. Uh, all the other fodder soldiers are just like, we're gonna shoot these ghosts! Yeehaw, brother! And then they all die. My favorite, like, my favorite, because right away they emphasize, like, you need to spray it with holy water. And then there are these dudes with these, like, Saiyan scouter looking thing so yeah. actually see the mm-hmm. demon and they're just with their fucking you know their ARs just spraying it dude yeah they I, I'm I assuming their bullets had holy inscriptions on them or something yeah. um but they needed you know those scouter things to actually see the spirits yeah. and uh you know on the other hand Natsuki and Toru and their team were all blessed with second sight is what it's called so they don't need anything to see them they can just see them <laughs> And uh, that's what makes them part of the... I think they're part of the Ministry of Environment, right? Yes. And um, so they go through that. You know, they go save the day, whatever. They go against a B-rank one, and it goes D-rank, C-rank, B-rank, A-rank being the most dangerous. So that happens, and then they're like, yeah, we fucked them up, their whole team. And then then they get called to go take on another B-rank. And... They go through this whole big elaborate plan. They're like, we need 200,000 tons of holy water to drop on this one. All right, we got to take them to the levee, and then we'll break the levee and just drop all this water on them. So they do that. It's actually pretty cool. I I really like the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very, very energetic, very fast moving, very, like, um, how how do I say it? Very, very thrilling. Yeah. And, um... After they take care of the the other B-ranked um, demon or spirit. I don't know why I keep calling them demons. They just look demonly, but they're, they're spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my favorite part of the episode, which I think yeah, is your dude. favorite part of the episode, too. Yeah, they're dude. all standing around. It's like you got Toru and Natsuki and then Dude and Bro. I don't remember their names. Yeah, I don't remember either. Um, they're all standing around. They're like, hey, we're fucking sick. They're all drinking and shit. And then glasses, dude, just gets his hand sliced off. Yeah, dude, his arm. Yeah, and everybody's just <laughs> like, like it just freezes, and everybody's like, "What?" And then yeah. it like shifts to him, and he just gets stabbed. He just gets run through, and you're just dude, like, the, the best part is like his arm gets cut off, and then they all look at him. And he, he looks at it, and he goes, "Oh, my arm got cut off." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, <laughs> I don't know if he just like didn't realize, or yeah. like he was in shock or something. Yeah. But he you know, he instantly dies after that, and then Scarface is just like, "Oh no, I gotta save him!" and like pulls out his gun, and then his arm gets sliced into like four different things, and then he yeah. gets like bisected, and uh, he still manages to shoot his gun, which makes the entire like helicopter they were pil- piloting explode, which I thought was like, "Oh shit, that's fucking sick." So then uh, Toru and Natsuki are like. We gotta get out of here. It's like category A. You know, we, we can't take on a category A. So Toru is having flashbacks to when, you know, the kid with the white hair was standing over his I'm assuming somebody that he 
cared about his lover or something um <laughs> he's having flashbacks to that and while he's having a flashback natsuki uh loses her mind she gets her head chopped off yeah and he's just like oh fuck so then we finally see who's actually doing this and it ends up being isayama yomi who is one of the main characters of the of the series and she's like, what did I tell you? Just let it go. And then she kills him. Right? Yeah. And that's how that's how the first episode ends. With the, the team we were following the entire episode all get just absolutely slaughtered at the end of it. Yep. And that's the big switcheroo, and I fucking love it. I think that's just, like, what turned me on to that. Well, obviously, when I watched this way back when. Yeah. I thought it was just another show. I was like... Kari's here, what's that? So then I put it on. And through the whole episode, I'm like, this is pretty basic, this is whatever. And then they all died, and I was like, fuck! <laughs> no! What happened? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Mark turned into a fucking frat. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, dude. Oh, man. So then the next episode... It starts with, um, what does it start with? Oh, people, the ministry saying that there, there was a lot of casualties, right? Yeah. And it focuses on another small group from the Ministry of Environment. And this is the main group that we're going to be following for the rest of the series. And it has, it shows Kagura, Nori, Kazuki, the Nabu brothers, and what's, what's dude's name? Freaking uh, Mohawk? Koju? Koji, Koji? I think. Koji? Koji. One, one of those, yeah. I think it's Koji. Yeah. And it shows also all of them. Nori, all, like, every time I heard him, I heard his name, I would just go, oh, seaweed. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Freaking <laughs> Nori, dude. Freaking ungrateful, boosted animal Nori. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, But it, it, it introduces all of them. It's like, these are going to be the actual main characters. No more switcheroo. Hey, look at everybody here. Um... And specifically on Kagura, where she's shown taking out a, t- a category B in one slice. And uh, Michael, Michael's in the show. Michael's a sword. Dude, yes, I was actually going to tell you, you better call me Master Michael from now on, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm about to dye my hair white, grow it out. I'm going to get the goatee, and I'm going to run around in a fucking sumo <laughs> outfit. I don't know. I was going to say diaper, but I feel like that's very insensitive to say yeah <laughs> my guy you know what's funny is when you first see uh master michael that's when it clicked and i was like i've i've seen this before mm-hmm. when i saw him i was like oh, okay i already know what the fuck is going on yeah so um kagura's sword is actually called the michael 12 it's the 12th iteration of the of the michael sword forged by master michael and it's really cool because it's got like a um a freaking air powered strike thing. Mm-hmm. So whenever she draws it, it's like three times the drawing power and strength. And she just she just wrecks freaking category B. Category B's like, hey everybody, remember me? And then he just gets bisected. He was like, oh no. He dies. And then that's when Kagura comes after she slices this category B in two. Uh, sorry, not Kagura. Yomi comes, and we know. Wow, wow. <laughs> we know Yomi and Kagura know each other. 
right? And it's very apparent that Yomi's somebody close to Kagura. And Yomi says the same thing to her, you know, he's gotta let go. Or whatever. And then she leads them on a chase. Her and Nori. And we'll f- we'll find out why she led Nori as well. Or why uh, Kagura and Nori were the ones to go after Yomi. So she leads them on a chase and she separates them. And, uh... Through their, separate, through their separation, Yomi encounters Kagura, and they start fighting again. So they're doing their little tussle, their whatever, whatever, and Yomi tells Kagura basically to kill her. But Kagura loves Yomi, you know, that's, she, she loves Yomi. It's very apparent from, not even, we don't even, we, we've only been introduced to them so far, but it's very apparent that Kagura, Kagura loves Yomi. that useless <laughs> fuck, dude. Oh my god, It's dude. very apparent that she loves Yomi, and she can't kill her. So then, Yomi uses her gare, I think that's, that's her gare, right? Uh, it's, it's kind of her gare. It's not really her gare, but it's kind of her gare. Uh, she uses Rangarin, which is yeah, basically family sword, yeah, right? a spirit beast tied to her family sword. So she summons that to uh, uh, paralyze, not paralyze, immobil- ha- immobilize, immobilize, immobilize yeah. Kagra. Bites through her hand. Her Literally, her, yeah, like, bites through her arm. Like you see the holes in her arm first, and then yeah. you know Rangarin comes out, and I'm just like, oh fuck, Kagura, what's happening? So then Rangarin's holding Kagura, and Yomi's like. You have to, or what did, what did she say? You have to let go, and then it like blacks out as it as it looks like she's about to stab Kagura, right? Because yeah, she does a little uh, little fan servicey thing. She slices. Oh yeah, right up her down. Kagura's like school uniform. Yeah, so it like spreads open, and you can see the side boob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> so we get that. Okay, and then, by the way, is she in that one? I think she. Yeah, because I believe so she she's in high school at that time of the series let me, let me double check I'll double check. in episode three we go back three years so she could be 13 there oh could, maybe because i think she's two years younger than yomi i'm pretty sure she's two years younger than yomi yeah i think because i think yomi was 15 yeah because uh at that point yomi's in her last year of high school so she's 17 or 18 and then, but yes, on, in the next episode, we go back three years and we're just like, how did it get to this? How did, how uh, did this happen? In the manga, she is 15. So, yeah. Wait, no. So then she would be 13, right? Because the very end is two years after. I guess so. Later. Huh, that's interesting. That feels weird. That feels like 13, that's. by the way. I feel like she's seven. I feel like she's 17. Why do I, I feel like know. she's 17? Well, this is at the start of the manga. So I don't know if the the manga, I guess, starts the two years after, right? Yeah. So. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know either. Very, very interesting. No said, dude. Because when I was looking at the character wiki the other day, in the manga it said Yomi was 19. And that happens two years yeah. after Gare oh, Zero. Yeah. Yeah, so Gare Zero, Yomi was 17, and then she's 19 in Gare. So she's yeah, actually maybe... four years? Either way, she's too young. Yeah, too young, guys. <laughs> and we'll talk, because there's a scene that I was like, 13, by the way. Uh, yes, 13. You know exactly what I'm I talking about. I know exactly about. what you're talking yeah, about. 13, by the way. 
So then in the third episode, we go back to three years before that happened. Three years before Yomi is going to kill Kagura. And it shows, it starts off with a funeral with Kagura's mother having been killed in a fight with the spirits before that. So Kagura's family is in charge of a spirit beast called Byakue, who is called the, the strongest spirit beast. And that's their Garei. And uh, her mother was a wielder of it. So after she died, her father actually took control of Byakue. So because he was taking control of Byakue and he was going to be the lead vanquisher in their family, he leaves Kagura in the care of Yomi and her family, the Isayamas. And this was actually said um, later in the series that it was Yomi's idea for them to take in Kagura to be a part of their family. And that's where you get the, you get little interactions between them where Kagura or Yomi wants Kagura to be her little sister. Yeah. And Yomi's very, very welcoming with the girl, very understanding. And she, she knows what Yomi's or what Kagura is going through because Yomi herself lost both of her actual parents to spirits and she was adopted into this family. So she relates to the girl, you know, she basically tries to make her comfortable. And they get very close, very, very close with, uh, they, you know, this is, uh, this is where the <laughs> 13, by the way, scene is. Ow. Um, but yeah. Thinking they thinking about the same 13, by the way, scene. Isn't it? Because now that I, there's the one in the car and then there's the other one. Oh, there is. Okay. The one in the car, she has to be 15 there. I'm like losing my mind. There's no way. Okay, I mean, there's I, no still fucking still way. Too still, too still too young. Yeah. Either way, too young. Um. Either way, you can see them already. You know, quickly getting close, and you can see that Kagura was brought up very harshly by her dad. On the count of whenever she's at Yomi's, and Yomi's like, you know, she's like, "Hey, let's play some games. Let's cook some food." Kagura's like, "Fuck no, I want to go train," and Yomi's like. Okay, let's go train. And then she wipes the floor with Kagura. Kagura, like, all right, let's let's. Useless ass Kagura. <laughs> hey, leave her alone. Fucking useless. She she gets until she, episode six. She gets her ass kicked. Um, and she takes it really hard. Like she's like, I'm worthless. Any defeat is a terrible defeat. I'm shit. Yeah. And Yomi's like, Yo, chill, bro. You know, yeah. and she can. <laughs> we're training, dog. You know. But you can you can see that she always says, my father says, if you lose even in training, it's you, you lose your life or whatever. He says it's dishonorable or whatever. And that's like a very repetitive thing through the first couple episodes where it's Kagura is basically in her shell. You know, she's under the strict guidance of her father and it takes Yomi's care to actually get her out of it. And, you know, that's that's understandable. If my family was a family of vanquishers set to, you know, dedicate our lives to fighting spirits, I feel like I would be trained pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's fair. Quite literally life and death. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, but, you know, also living a regular life is also good. And uh, I think... Not in episode three, but in episode four is when 
Kagura or Yomi takes Kagura out to what she does to show her the life of a vanquisher. Yeah. So episode four, we see we see um Yomi and Kagura, you know, coming home from school. And Kag- and Yomi gets a call. She's like, Oh, I gotta go to work. And Yomi, this is when Kagura breaks down. She's like, uh, you, you better come back, Yomi. You can't die like my mother. And, you know, it has like a flashback to her mother saying the exact same thing that Yomi said. And on it, that, that's, that was one of the episodes I was like, oh, Kagura, it's okay. It's okay. I had, I had, I felt no fucking sympathy for her. Wow. No, we'll get to it. When we get to it. We'll get to it. But at the, at the time I was like, nah, she's fucking useless. Dude. She is so useless. <laughs> oh man she's fucking she's dude literally Kagura's like I'm baby that was Kagura to me bro in the first six episodes I'm baby she was so young nah dude fuck that (laughs) you're gonna wield a dragon in like a couple of years bro come the fuck on man she was so young Okay, okay. But um, Yomi takes her to work, which is basically being a vanquisher, and she meets the rest of the team. So she meets Noriyuki, the Nabu brothers, Koji, um, Kazuki, and uh, I actually really like the weapons that everybody has. Freaking Kazuki has a briefcase, and he like, it has a CD player where it spins holy mantras at like 3300 RPM. And I'm like, that's the fucking coolest shit. I've never seen that before. And dude, uh, Koji's go. fucking like drill hands, dude. Those are fucking cool, dude. Yeah, Koji's drill hands are fucking sick. And uh, yeah, there's the the Nobu brothers are just like Nabu. Is it Nabu? Nabu. Yeah, Nabu. Nabu. Just like shotgun. <laughs> shotgun Nabu. <laughs> so the Nabu brothers are twins. They're they're really cool. Thirty six hundred RPM. Um. And then I guess the most important out of all those would be Noriyuki, who is betrothed to Kagura. But they're very, they have a very, very tsundere relationship. Yeah. They, they fight a lot. And this is, this is when Kagura is still 15, by the way. Or not Kagura, Yomi is still 15. Yomi. So, freaking Noriyuki, you yeah. seaweed. Age, age of consent like 13 in japan i think it depends on the prefixture but yeah oh, i think okay. that's uh that's like the federal thing i don't know too young too young too young too young but uh she basically sees you know yomi in action her with rangarin her spirit beast killing these i think it was a suchigomo suchigumo which was like a spider dude did you like the spider michael no yeah of course not dude oh, <laughs> fucking, of course not and that's at the end of the episode kagura just no 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 no, no. that's a that's a different episode just kidding but uh kagura sees yomi you know do do the job it's really cool it's really cool uh i'm trying to see if i'm at the same place yeah yeah, okay so we're on uh, episode four right and there's a woman there who's gonna who's actually gone there to kill herself right oh yeah 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 and that plays a big part in a later scene. So they end up saving her. And she has second sight, so she can see the big spider dude that they kill. 
Yeah. She has uh, second sight and all that stuff. <sighs> so I think that's how that episode ends. They save her, they send her on her merry way, and they're like, don't do that. <laughs> that that's literally what yeah. they do. They're just like, you gotta sign an NDA, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it uh, it goes back to you know, uh, Yomi and Kagura hanging out. And then the next episode, in episode 5, that's when the engagement between Nori and Yomi becomes official. And that's where we're introduced to another character. Uh, I, I kind of want to say Mei's a babe, but I don't know how old she is. Uh, do you know who voiced who voiced Mei? Who voiced Mei, Michael? J- Jamie Markey, dude. Oh, really? You know yeah, her! Dude. So that well, I've met her. Like, you, you, dude, that her you're you best friends with her. But that's two in a row. Yeah, I mean, she does two, a lot. Two, two in a row, yeah. So, yeah, she's uh, we're we're. I I also want to say that May's a babe. Yeah, she really is. Uh, <laughs> so we meet May, who is Yomi's cousin, and uh, we also meet her uncle, Uncle Yu. Uh, Uncle Yu's an asshole. Fuck Uncle yeah. Yu. Uncle, fuck you, dude. Yeah, f- fuck that guy. But we learn more of their family dynamic to where you wants May to lead the clan, but Yomi's father is going to give her complete control of the clan once he retires and, you know, or once he dies. Yeah. Either one. And, uh, you know, there's a big tussle between them because Yomi wasn't born into the family. She was adopted into it. But... Yomi's very good at like it. It's only a problem because Yomi is very skilled at what she does. Yeah. So she's made a good name for herself as a vanquisher and as a very reliable, you know, just person. There is no age listed for May, so twenty-one. Let's go. Twenty-one. Baby. Let's go, baby. <laughs> um. So after that whole, you know, after you learn the dynamic of Yomi's family, then it goes to the dynamic of Yomi and nori and you know they they have the typical couple get into a trivial argument that means literally nothing and whatever <laughs> and kagura is just like yo we got to come up with a plan to make them love each other and it's like the worst plan fucking ever she's actually useless dude it is it's not a good plan did you real quick did you mention that may actually had a plan to take over the family oh yeah that's right she she basically tells her uncle her dad or sorry her dad that um if anything happens to yomi then she'll get control of the clan you know and she just leaves it ominously in the air like that she's like the life of a vanquisher is short so if something happens to her yeah, she's like, oh, something happens to her. Does your little wink and everything. Yeah. But uh, that, that comes back later. <laughs> so then, I actually really like the plan. I lied because it has Kiri in it, and I really like Kiri. Kiri is, um, so the head of their division is Ayame. Uh, she's, uh, she's, uh, she used to be a vanquisher. Total babe. She's great. She used to be a vanquisher. She uh, got hurt in the field, so she actually ended up losing her legs. And so she's bound to a wheelchair. Losing the use of her legs. She still has her legs. No, no, she's missing her legs. She's missing one leg. She's missing one leg for sure, because that's what she used as a gun later. Yeah, okay. So you know what? Fuck you. We're half right. (laughs) (laughs) 
but uh and then she has her assistant so yeah. her assistant is kiri who i fucking love i think kiri's so cool yeah dude but basically kagura's plan is like let's have kiri seduce noriyuki oh, oh, so they doll up kiri and i'm like oh my oh, god kiri's so hot bad. yes but it's so bad i love kiri kiri's great oh my god <laughs> But it's funny because Kiri's very, she's the very business type person. You know, she wears a suit to to work and everything, and she's she, she's basically the the bad cop to Ayama Ayami Ayame Ayame is good cop. Yeah. yeah, I forget what her last name is, but her last name is important because her grandmother's actually takes over for her in the manga. Yeah, so. But uh, yeah, she's like she she's wearing a really tight skirt. And then she does like the, oh, I've fallen on you, Noriyuki. <laughs> and, you know, she presses her opai up to him, right? And then Yomi sees it, and she basically just punches, you know, they get, they get into the typical fight, right? My favorite thing is after that, Kiri just, like, walks away back to the Nabu brothers, and she just, like, covers her head, and she's like, I can't believe I did that. I thought that was totally adorable. I can't believe I've done that. <laughs> You know, that's that's far away from Yomi uh, from Kiri's you know, her personality. Yeah. She's only doing it because she was asked to by her boss, basically. Yeah. So bad. But then, you know, Kagura's like, I only did it because I didn't want to see you guys fight and I wanted you guys to actually love each other. So then everything turns out good, everything turns out great, and we see later that they actually have a pretty good relationship and they're yeah. like, you know, they, they, they meet each other In secret. They, yeah, they meet each other Weird. off time and they're just like, oh, la, 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 la. and I was like, fucking Noriyuki. Yeah, dude. It's really <laughs> weird. that like, everybody knows they're betrothed. Right. But I mean, it's like on the one hand, it's like, yeah, they're professional about it. They're not going to Mac on the job, but like when they're on the job, they act like they hate each other. Yeah. And then when they're off the clock, they're just like, come here, babe. You know, it's really bizarre. Hell yeah, brother. Oh, but I guess we should also mention that uh, before this, um, Yomi and Kagura sent to take out category D enemies in a subway. And yes, because somebody jumps in front of the train, right? Yeah. And the person who jumps in front of the train was the woman that they saved the other time. Yeah. And what's important about this is that they are category D, so they're still human-like. They're basically zombies. Yeah. And Kagura can't bring herself to actually kill the category Ds. Fucking useless. Because they're still human to her. Fucking useless. Dude. So she freezes up, and her dad comes to save the day, and he's like, Byakue, feast! And then Byakue just comes and fucking eats everybody, and it's, it's super cool. I was like, damn. Damn, that was sick. <clears throat> but that, that's very important that she cannot do category D monsters so that's that's pretty much all of episode 5 then episode 6 here we're coming up to Michael's turning point we're Epis there. episode 6 you know there's a lot more spirit activity they don't send Kagura uh, against category D's or like they, act they actively keep her away from it because you know She's pretty much a liability against them. She's fucking useless. She she's a liability against them, which you know it's it's not killing the spirit. It's they're they're still a human, right? They're just dead already. It's it's understandable, I think. Kagura has a very kind heart. She's never seen a zombie movie. 
that's what I took away from. She her. has a very, very kind heart, so she can she do kills it. Kills demons, but she's never seen a zombie movie. Can't. <laughs> I can't, dude. Um. So then, we obviously know that something's gonna happen with these category Ds. Like she's gonna have to get over this. Yeah. So it actually shows Kagura in her school life, and it introduces her two friends, Miku and Yachin, who are their characters. They're okay. They're they're pretty much there to be like, hey, this is Kagura's link to normalcy. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah. No. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and uh, she befriends them. They're hanging out some more. You know, they're like, Kagura, how'd you injure yourself? Because she got injured when she couldn't uh, yeah. fight the category Ds. Kagura, how'd you injure yourself? And they they like play in the pool, and they're all having fun. Then they take Kagura to get her bandage changed at the nurse. Well, uh, before that, I guess. She was always leaving class, right? She was always mm-hmm. getting text messages. Yeah. They were like, hey, come see your mother at the hospital, which was like her code for getting out of class. Right, right. And so they're always like asking her like, oh, how's your mom doing? Like what happened? And she's always like, oh, no, she's fine. It's just like, you know, hospital stuff. <laughs> hospital like, that's, stuff. That's literally all she does. <laughs> yeah, pretty like, much. You know, it's, it's like, hospital okay. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the nurse and uh nurse is a babe total babe babe. and she's like you know she's really nice to the girls she's like oh i'll take care of you kagura and she's like takes care of kagura whatever changes her stuff is really nice to kagura basically so then kagura gets called off on a job her and yomi go get called off on a job and it actually switches um pov to may so now we're following may who can sense all these you know little little category d's and c's uh, just a bunch of them she's like there's got to be a reason for this a really powerful one has to be doing this so she goes to look for that really powerful one and she ends up finding kazuhiro mitogawa who's the white-haired boy Mm -hmm. who is accompanied by a swarm of blue butterflies and those blue butterflies are very important because you see the blue butterflies with where Kagura's mother died where Toru is that what his name is where he's he has to shoot little white haired kid who's standing over Aoi there's blue butterfly blue butterflies mean bad things in this yeah so May gets fucking wrecked oh yeah dude May is like this is gonna be free I'm gonna kick this guy's ass so she does her little with her spear lance thing and she thinks she's won when she basically stabs him through the heart and he reveals that he has a bane stone in his eye and what bane stones do is they feed off your strongest emotion to get power through you basically Mm -hmm. and while her spear is inside of dude of um kazuhiro he actually pins her down by her hands and her feet and then he stabs her, killing her. So May dies right there. Yep. And he's like, psych. So he puts a Bane stone inside of her. And uh, that's all we see from that. And then we go, go back to Kagura and Yomi. Specifically Kagura, who is chasing after category Ds, which we know this is not her thing. And it actually leads her back to her school. And they send her back, right? Right, yeah. So she's at her school looking for these category Ds 
but Miku and Yachin are also there. They're they're swimming in the thing or whatever. They stay in school late. After hours. After fucking hours. Might I add, dude. Bunch so of delinquents. They're all hanging out. They're like, Wow, Yachin, that was so Horrible. cool. Turlish. Insubordinate. There you go, dude. So they have a good time. And then they're walking through the school like late at night and uh, Yachin like steps on a hairpin or something. So she's going to the nurse's office to get a bandage, but they see like trails of blood leading there. And then they see like a dead body and then nurse comes out with a, what are they called? A latcher, which is basically a demon that controls dead human bodies attached to her. And she just throws this body somewhere and they're like, oh no. So then they go and they hide, but they leave a blood trail and it's really easy for nurse to find uh to find both of them yeah so then she's like all attacking them or whatever and then kagura finally comes and she's like wait my friends are about to die but this is also the really nice nurse the really hot and nice nurse and you know she's having the conundrum of do i kill this person and save my friends or what's happening so she actually kills about she she kills the nurse and it's like super traumatic for her it's really bad. It, 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 it causes great turmoil in her emotions. Right? And it, it, it's just not good for her. Especially because, you know, she actually liked the nurse. This was somebody that she knew. This was somebody that she cared about. So it, like, it, it's really bad for her. And uh, that's, that's, how the epi- that's how the episode ends with Yomi. Okay, I lied. It was actually episode 7 that was the turning point for me. Oh, okay. Where where Yomi comes in, he's like, "It's okay, Kagura, I got gotcha. you." No, when they're in the graveyard. That, that episode six or seven. Uh, that's seven. Seven, seven so eight, seven. seven. No, it has to be. It was right after this. Yeah, it was seven then. Yeah. Okay. Which we're on right now, episode seven. We see so, May dead on the floor. Right? She's like, Bleh. "Yeah." There's blood everywhere, but then she stands up, and there's blue butterflies everywhere. Her wounds vanish. She's like, "Wait a second. I'm alive and you're and you know and the, we're like wait a second how the hell she's is she alive <clears throat> so then this is where Kagura's big struggles come from like she can't get over the fact that she killed what she perceived as someone who's still human you know not a spirit not a monster or anything so she's taking it really hard and She's you know questioning everything that she's done, all her training, her link to her family's uh, profession, being a vanquisher, everything. She's basically questioning everything about it. So then, at the same time, Yomi is also in a conundrum. Yomi's father summons her uncle and May to tell him that he's gonna bequeath. Is that the word? The control of the family to Yomi. I think that's the word. Bequeath. Sheesh. What's up? Why not? He's like, yeah, I'm going to give control of the family to Yomi. And his brother is just like, what the? You're supposed to. And then he like, he he accepts it. He reluctantly accepts it. Yeah. And that's what I was mentioning. Like at the very beginning is like, that was one of those moments where I think the, the voice actors did such a good job and they were super nuanced in their performance. Right. Because like, you know that he doesn't like the idea. Mm hmm. And you can tell he's reluctant to accept it, but he still accepts it. Yeah, know? yeah. I think the it English just, dub for yeah. this is phenomenal, actually. It's, it's really good. Especially, you know, with all the character interactions. You can tell by the tone that they take with each other what their relationship is. Yeah. I think it's, it's really great. So that happens. 
And the uncle is like, you know, he does his little thing, whatever, whatever. But uh, after he leaves, that's when May goes back to the house. And May ends up killing Yomi's dad. And that is like, uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. So then it, you know, while that's going on, Yomi is with Kagura and they're training or whatever. They're doing their thing. And then Kagura gets called out. Whoa, wait, there is. No, 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 no. She was with Noriyuki. That's later. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's after Kagura goes to meet with her friends. That's when, or yeah, that's when Yomi goes to meet with Are Nori. Are you sure? Because remember when she questions the uncle, and the uncle's like, "Oh, you were out like with some boy when you should have been at home." Yeah, yeah. So while they're training, while Yomi and Kagura oh, are no, training, no, no. yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. May kills Yomi's yeah. dad, right? So then right, at right, the same right. time, Kagura goes off with Miku and Yachin to you know have friend stuff and yomi goes off with nori to have engaged stuff yeah can i can i stop you right there yes skipped over the part that turned the series for me they're in the graveyard and uh kagura is at the nurse's grave and she's crying over the grave right and then the two bless you the two friends They go up to her, and what what was the 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 one with the brown hair? Yachin, the ponytail. Yachin. Yeah, she starts just like berating, berating uh Kagura. uh Kagura over killing the nurse. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "How dare you cry over her grave? Like you're the one that did it. You killed her. She was so nice to you. Like why'd you do it?" And then Kagura, it was the first time that i actually got a sense of like where kagura was coming from right with her being fucking useless <laughs> you're so and mean to just, her i know dude but she just had this like really beautiful moment where she's just like explaining it to her she tells her about like her job and stuff and like why she had to do it i think she straight up tells her like if you want to hit me Go ahead. I deserve it. Yeah. I did something unthinkable. I did it to protect you. That doesn't excuse it. I, you know, I'm just as hurt over it as you are. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just a really beautiful moment. And that for me is when I, I finally went, okay, I'm getting into this. Right. Right. Because then after that is when like May goes and kills her uncle. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah. So, that was the moment because it was just such a beautifully done moment. I was like, okay, maybe Mark does have good taste in anime. <laughs> so then, um, basically, Yomi is hanging out with Nori. She turns her phone off. And when Kagura gets home, she finds Yomi's dad in a pool of blood and he's basically already dead. Yeah. And nobody can get a, get a hold of Yomi because, you know, she has her phone off and she's with Nori. So then they go to the hospital and whatever, and Kagura decides to wait for Yomi, and she's like, Yomi, your dad, your dad's dead. So then they all run to the hospital. Um, the uncle and May are there. They're like, how could you be out gallivanting with some boy? You know, and does that shit. And uh, Yomi comes, you know, face to face with her dead dad. Mm-hmm. And that's also a really bad part. 
uh, not a really bad part, a really sad part. You know, she's, uh, she, she loves her dad, her adoptive dad, because uh, he saved her from those spirits, and, you know, he gave her a family, a life, he trained her and everything. So, she, she loved her dad, right? And you can see, you know, just the heartbreak in her voice when she actually sees him. When she pulls away the cloth to see his face, she just breaks down after that. I think that's one of the best scenes between, uh, to show Yomi's, you know, how much she cares about the people that are actually close to her. So then after that, we actually get to episode eight and Yomi's uncle, there's a, their clan is all together. You know, they're the, the head of the clan just died. Fuck the uncle. Uh, yeah. He's a piece of shit and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to be the head of the family and May's going to carry on the role of vanquisher against, you know, Yomi's dad's wishes. And he like basically makes some bullshit up. Yeah, he said that it was in the his the uh, Yomi's dad's final will. Yeah, which is bullshit. Recent will. Which Wait, I never got confirmation if he was lying. He's one hundred percent lying. Or if May forged. I, I'm pretty will. sure some either forgery happened. Yeah, there's something happened. Forgery because it seems like amongst everyone else in the clan, it was a very like, wait, what? Yeah, e- everybody expected Yomi to take over. Yeah. So I, I think it might have been a forgery. So then, because of this, Yomi loses Shishio and Rangarin because, you know, that's the family's sword, so it goes to the head of the family. So Mei takes it and takes Yomi's room, uh, sends Kagura back to her place to live with her family. You know, it's basically a big upheaval of how they were living, of how they lived and everything. Mm -hmm. So then, when Mei unsheathes Shishio, she actually relives the moments of her killing, you know, Yomi's dad and a bunch of other people. And that's where she actually is just like, wait, what the fuck? I didn't do that. That's not what I wanted. And she, yeah. you see her in very, you know, mental distress. And then you see blue butterflies following her. And this is where it's revealed that she was given a Bane stone. And the Bane stone is latching onto her biggest emotion, which is hate because she hated Yomi for taking all the attention for not you know for taking over the clan who when she wasn't even a part of it or anything for basically taking what she believes to be her place so it's feeding off the hatred of that and it forced may to kill everybody which is you know you obviously see that she didn't want to because she's having like a mental holy shit what the fuck did i do moment yeah but then it goes away you know after the the bane stone takes more control over her body and then at the same time this is happening, you know, we get category B's and A's are uh, going all across the region. So everybody's, you know, in action. Everybody's got to go. And uh, Kagura actually goes to the category A, or not Kagura, sorry. Yomi goes to the category A, but she takes Kagura's katana, the Michael 12. And she confronts Mei there. And she's just like... Wait, May, what the hell are you doing? And then May re- uh, basically reveals that she killed everybody and she had yeah. been controlled by a Bane Stone. Yeah, she had her uh, her really bad supervillain monologue. Yeah, she did. Not not that the monologue was bad, but it's just like bad supervillains always have to monologue. Oh, 100%, I mean? yeah. So, like... so she does her thing. They end up fighting... And at the very end of the fight, Yomi's won, pretty much. She's, uh, 
immobilized uh, May, and she's yeah. sitting on top of her, and that's where the Bane stone loses its control on May, and May realizes everything. She's like, "Wait a second, Yomi, I didn't mean to. It wasn't me." And Yomi's just like, "Yeah, fuck you, May," and she freaking just destroys May. She yeah, destroys dude. her, and I was like, "Fuck, that was awesome." Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was like, "Hell yeah." Even though May, total babe, I was like, you know what? She kind of deserves that. They kind of deserved it. She kind of deserves that a little bit. Right. Yeah. It was like, okay. Hmm. Interesting. So then after that, the white haired boy, uh, what was the name? Kazuhiro um, engages with Yomi and he's, he's like, I'm the one that controlled May. I use this Bane well, stone. She's in the hospital first, right? No, this is after he attacks her. Because he's the one who puts her in the hospital. Oh, that's right. That's right. So then she's, you know, she's already injured from her fight with May. It was obviously May's was a very skilled fighter and everything. So Yomi got wrecked as well. So then this man literally just like 1000 needles Yomi and hits her. I think it hit, she, he hits her with 108 needles, all missing her yeah. vital organs, but it's hitting her like nerves. Nerve endings, right? Yeah. And two in her eye. And I was like, oh, oh right. fuck! You know, because I was just like, I'm a big Yomi fan. Yeah. But you like the eye patch, don't lie. You were like, oh, yeah, dude. Oh, 100%. 100%. So then Yomi has to go to the hospital. Yeah. And that's where the start of episode nine is. Um, you see, uh, everybody finds out that Yomi's gravely injured, that May's dead, and all this shit is just not good. Uh, Yomi was in a coma for two months. She suffered just an insane amount of injuries. She can barely move everything or anything. She can't speak anymore. She lost uh, her pharynx was crushed. Or uh, sorry, no, her larynx was severed, and most of her tendons were severed as well. And she's basically diagnosed that she'll never have a normal life again. She'll never speak, and she's questioned about the death of May. You know what happened, and she and Yomi says. That she had to because basically May had turned into a phantom. But she's very like she she she's knows that about it. she knows that that's not the only reason that she wanted to kill May because May you know basically ruined her life. Yeah, yeah, it was very like well. First of all, this girl's been in a coma for two months, and like you know, she wakes up and the first thing they do is like, all right, it's time to question you. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. FBI open up. FBI you know? open up, bitch. And, uh, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it starts with that, and then the uncle comes in and is like, "You killed my daughter." Oh, dude, it was literally just like a series of just like fucking throwing salt in the wound, bro. Like just over and over again. Yeah, and it's it, it was not. It was really bad, you know. So yeah, she's getting hit with all this, and you know, Kagura is there trying her best to be the, you know, she's feeding Yomi, she's bathing Yomi, she's, she's being the good sister, right? Nori does not visit Yomi, which is yeah. very she, he, he just very doesn't visit nori her. Of him. Very, very nori of him. Very fucking nori of him. Do you fucking nori? Yeah. Fuck nori. Um, so nori never visits. Kagura is there, but you can see that she I don't want to say pities Yomi, but they actually have one of my favorite scenes in the whole show was when Kagura is basically bemoaning what happened to Yomi. She's like, you know, why did this happen? Have to have to happen to you? Why did we have to be born into these families? Why couldn't we just be regular sisters? 
and that's where you I, I feel like that's the part where you like you see like yeah they mutually love each other as you know yeah. sisters and everything it's like they do 100% love each other and then dude fucking Nori's dad who's also an asshole yes dude oh my god comes in and is like yeah you can't be the mother to my grandchildren fuck you peace and then he just yeets out of yeah, there and I'm just dude. like what hello dude not even the, the, he has a conversation with Nori beforehand where he's like He's like, yeah, the engagement's called off. And Nori's like, what? Don't I get a say in this? Like, I'm my own person, too. Because he genuinely, like, cares about her and he loves her. Yeah. And the dad the dad straight up tells him, like, do you really think that woman's in any state to have your children, let alone raise them? How else is the family name going to go on? Like, it's just such a fucking, like, this is such a toxic, uh, like, masculinity, dude. It was just so bad. It was like, oh, ugh. So yeah, this girl literally goes from you just got in a you just got out of a coma, FBI open up, to her uncle just straight up yelling at her, to her fiance's dad being like, "Listen, my son's not going to marry a cripple." Yeah, basically, which is literally what it was. It literally is. Like, yeah, he's crippled. You're not marrying her. It it is so fucking bad. Yeah, dude. So like, if you can see the pain in Yomi, even though you don't oh, hear her yeah. cry because you know she which obviously is, can't oh speak anything. God. Dude, it's so good because it's like you're right. She can't speak, but like they still. Oh my god, dude! The uh, I don't even know who voiced Yomi in the English uh, dub, but like she did such a good job. In I think it was scene. Alexis Tipton. Was it? Okay. Let me let me get confirmation on that though. Yeah, but like she does such a good job because like she can't. It was Alexis say Tipton. anything, but with her like, what would you call it? Like her groans or her like moans? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like her little, like, like, yeah, like hurting, sque- not squeals, yeah. but. Oh, dude, there was a moment where, where she starts crying and she like opens her mouth to let out like a, you know, and it just, it's oh ah, dude, it's so beautiful. It is phenomenal. That this, oh, okay. It's so beautiful. This is one of the parts that always gets me. And I'm not even yeah. going to lie. I was tearing up again when I saw this part. I was like, that's not fair. Yummy. Yeah, dude. Oh. I, I was I was literally tearing up and I was like, fuck me, dude. I I've seen this how many times and I'm still tearing up. So then after all that, Yomi gets visited by the white haired kid. Yeah. And he basically cuts a deal with her. He's like, I can heal everything by giving you this bane stone. And uh he basically tells her that it'll take control of the strongest emotion in her. And but it'll fully heal her. So you no know, Yomi takes it, even though it's you, you don't mess with bane stones that's one of the biggest rules it, it almost feels like it was forced upon her you know what i mean yeah like she's backed like, into a corner she's yeah, taking like, everything taken from her there. yeah yeah so she ends up taking it and uh it fully heals her um she gets you know transported away from the freaking hospital room and that's where kagura you know comes into an empty room and she's like where the fuck did yomi go you know she got taken away where is she yeah well, and and I I don't think you mentioned, it, but I feel like the final straw for Yomi was right. She got questioned. The uncle yells at her. The engagement gets called off. I think the final straw for her was when Kagura was like having that moment and saying like, "Oh, why couldn't we be normal people? Like, you wouldn't have actually killed her, right?" Yeah, and Yomi's right? like, "Uh oh," and like Yomi realizes that like Kagura is doubting her, and so it was like you know the sisterhood was stripped away from her too yeah and uh you can see in the phone too like she just 
before she takes the yeah. bane stone he's just like i'm sorry kagura i'm sorry kagura yeah, just, just keeps typing it on the phone yeah oh dude God. Their relationship is one of the best relationships I've ever seen. It's so it only took seven it hurts. episodes, Mark. <laughs> it's so it good, it. man. <laughs> so then, episode ten, we actually come back full circle. We're back in the timeline from the first couple episodes. Yeah. So it comes up with like you know the category bees are in. They're doing their thing. Everything happens. So then, um. You know, it comes back and it's like, hey, that's Yomi, you know, and they, then uh, Nori and um, Kagura, I couldn't freaking remember her name, even though we said like eight million times already. Yeah, Yomi, uh, uh, Nori and Kagura chase after Yomi and it's, you know, this time it shows it from Nori's perspective um, when they're chasing after Yomi and Nori actually encounters Yomi before Kagura and Kagura takes Kazuki hostage with Rangarin. And she basically tells Nori, kill me or I'll kill Kazuki. And that's when I said Nori is the most useless motherfucker in this And movie. I was like, Nori, fucking I mean, okay, to be fair, Nori loves Yomi. Yeah. It is, he he 100% loves her. And you can see, like, he, he just can't do anything. He can't kill her. And honestly, if I was in his situation, I probably couldn't kill her either. Uh, okay so what you're telling me is if rem has a gun to my head (laughs) and says kill me or i'm gonna kill michael you're gonna just look at me and go sorry kid sorry kid (laughs) that's what you're telling me dude michael would you kill somebody you love because of love would i kill somebody i love because of love yes listen if like Miku, right from Quintessential, had a gun to your head and was like, "I'm gonna, you need to kill me, or I'm gonna kill your best friend." I'd be like, "Sorry, babe, <laughs> I've known Mark way longer." But if you were in love with her, if I'm, if, yeah, dude, like in love with her. This is along the same vein of like, if my waifu gets bitten by a zombie, do I let her turn? Or do I murk her? I'm fucking murking her, dude. Dude, you, you let her bite my... your, you let her bite you, and you become a no, zombie no, no, with no, her. No, no. If I or knew you date her, my still. waifu was a demon and had murdered a shit ton of people, I'd be like, and was about to murder my best friend as well. I'd be like, you know what? Sorry. Okay, but Nori chooses that he can't kill her, so she kills Kazuki. She yeah, like wrecks Kazuki. Dude, she cuts off dude. Kazuki's leg, and then she just yeah. like she she wreck- and Kazuki's over here like you know he's like he's begging. Yeah, he is begging Nori to do something to help him. Another Nori, phenomenal voice acting section. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, dude. And Nori is just he. She even throws a weapon in front of him, like she throws it at his feet and is like, "Kill me with it." Yeah, this is where we see like Yomi doesn't want to be killing all these people. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, you know, kill me, Nori. I can't keep doing this. Just kill me. So obviously he can't. She kills Kazuki. And she leaves Nori to like sulk in his pee or something. Cause I'm 100% he peed. 100%. <laughs> okay, dude. 100%. So then it goes with, you know, it goes back to her fight with Kagura. Kagura being held by Rangarin. And then, you know, the where it shows the blackout of uh, no- Yomi stabbing Kagura. We see that she didn't actually stab Kagura. She deflected a spike thing that Kagura's dad threw at her. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, she didn't actually do it. So then in episode 11, we see that 
Kagura, Kagura's dad is going to fight Yomi. So, you know, it's a big battle between Byakue and Rangren, which I thought was super yeah. cool. Fucking Byakue. So then uh, Yomi's actually getting, getting her ass kicked because, you know, Kagura's dead is actually really strong. So yeah, yeah, he harnesses the most powerful mm -hmm. of the, the beast. Right? Yeah, yeah. So then Yomi's like, all right, well, I'm just going to attack Kagura. And Kagura's like, Yomi, no, I can't do it. Because she knows Kagura won't attack her. She just She's knows. She's fucking useless, Mark. So then. She's useless. <laughs> so then Kagura's dad uses Byakue to save Kagura. And in, in it, he basically gets sliced from his pancita up to his She literally thing. got her dad killed. Yeah, he, he gets wrecked. useless. He gets absolutely destroyed. And, uh, but that leads to Kagura and her dad finally having a heart to heart, a family moment, you know, because Kagura's dad finally realizes that he's dead and yeah. they're, they're gone. And, you know, he, he basically tells her that he wanted her to be strong because he didn't want to see her die or get hurt like her, you know, like her mother, which yeah. I, I can understand that he just went about it like in a very not great way, in a very abandonment way. 100%. So they have, you know, that heart to heart and everything. And Yomi's going around still killing everybody. And then Kagura's dad is like, I'm dead, Kagura. You can have Byakue. Here's, here's my Bane Stone. So then he gives her that Byakue and everything, and he dies. So Kagura knows after her heart to heart with her dad that she's the only one who can take care of and kill Yomi. So then in the final episode, uh, we finally come up with them pursuing Yobi. They're using the their observation team, which is, you know, people who scan for spiritual energy yeah. to corner Yomi. And before Kagura can get there, Yomi fights the the team that they've been with. Or the rest of them anyway. So what is, what is, I always forget the Mohawk guy's name. Koji? Koji. Yeah. Koji um, Kiri, Ayame, the Nabu brothers, they're all there to fight, uh, Yomi, and, uh, in the- One of the best fucking- oh my god, dude. It, it was so sad. In that so fight, freaking one of the Nabu brothers dies. Yeah. Koji gets basically, like, blind- almost blinded. He gets cut like around, in, across his face. In one eye, yeah. Yeah, he gets cut across his face. Kiri gets stabbed through the freaking stomach. Uh, Ayame gets wrecked. Even though Ayame had some of the Dude. sickest fucking wheelchair fighting. Holy fuck, bro! I, that oh my god, she had fucking blades that popped out of the side. Yeah, she was so cool. The wheels, and then uh, what was that? That one movie with the fucking uh, 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 Death Note, or which one was it? With the with the gun leg. The gun leg. Yeah. Uh, Planet Terror. Terror yeah, Planet. Dude, she fucking yeah, dude. She oh, dude. She whips out the gun leg, and I was like, "It was it was really cool." Please shoot me! <laughs> Please shoot me! Please do it! Yeah, she was she was she was cool. I'm not even gonna lie, oh, dude. It was it was a really good fight. It really was. It was a phenomenal fight, but sadly, it, it ends up with Kiri getting wrecked, which I was like, "Kiri, no!" Because I, I fucking love Kiri. Um, one of the Nabu brothers dying; he gets bit yeah. by Rangarin. Koji getting blinded. And uh, we're we're basically yeah. Nori's being fucking useless. He's literally just crying. He's just like, <laughs> Yomi. 
which I guess is fair. That that was his fiance. I yeah. he well, she yeah. even at one point doesn't she tell him that like <laughs> she calls him out. She's like, "You didn't visit me in the hospital." Yeah, he was like, "It's because I was trying to solve the case." I didn't. I didn't want to come to you empty-handed. Yeah. That's yeah. What, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, come on!" And it was really sad. Yeah. So then, they finally track. Uh, Kagura finally tracks Kagura, Koji, and one of the Nabu brothers finally track Yomi to like a forest, mm-hmm. and you know they get attacked by a bunch they, of they the. They have to use the the bainstone to track her though. Yeah, Kagura's bainstone. Yeah, Yomi went and killed all three of the observation teams. Yeah. So, so they can no longer track the spirit energy. Right. You see the upgraded fighting capacity of Koji and Nabu. You know, Nabu's using both Nabu shotguns. Koji's using the briefcase plus his drill hands. You know, they yeah. they just like taking on the stuff of their fallen comrades. Rip Nabu, uh, by the way. Nabu. Um So they get left with uh you know the B ranks and stuff, and Kagura goes to fight Yomi. So they have a big old fight, you know, Byakue versus Rangarin round two, Yomi versus Kagura. And it's, uh, Kagura could actually win at the very start because she's got Michael 13 yeah. at this point. Yeah. Which has like, like a, it's like a gun blade where she pulls the trigger yeah. and it like gets a burst of freaking energy. He literally tells her it's just like Michael 12, but it's better in every way. <laughs> I fucking love that, dude. I laughed so hard. I was like, God damn it. So then, like, she's actually in, you know, position to kill Yomi, and Yomi's just like, fucking do it. You know, please do it, but Kagura still can't do it, you know, she still can't kill Yomi. So it ends up, she ends up actually getting stabbed with, like, a stick or something. Yeah, like, in the shoulder blade. Yeah. And, uh, it looks like Yomi's about to actually kill her, but then Nori finally comes and is like, I'm not being useless, and basically attacks Yomi and gets Kagura out of there. Yeah. And after her, she has what, like what a his little his little little fox creatures. Yeah, they're little fox mongoose? spirits. Mongies. I think they're are they foxes? I think they're foxes. Or they might yeah. be mongies. I don't know. There's something. They're cute. I like them. Yeah. So they basically have a heart to heart, and Nori's like, I can't fucking do it. So it's up to you. And Kagura's like, I gotta do it. I can do this. I'll do it. Nori said, Kagura, I'm fucking useless. I can't do it. He's and like, I, I'm Kagura heading out. Said, yeah, Kagura's like. <laughs> Well, time to stop being useless and go do something. Yeah, so it's pretty sad. So then we have the final showdown between Yomi and Kagura. And while they're fighting, oh my god, dude, it has the flashbacks between, you know, all their yeah. like, you're my little sister. Thank you, big, you know, all this, all the sadness that they've been through and all the happiness and everything. I was fucking crying during this fight, too. I was like, <laughs> why does it have to be like this? Yeah little bitch and i'm just like freaking i'm actually like you know i'm just like Aah. and it's like really bad and uh you actually think that yomi's gonna kill kagura again because she disarms her yeah uh but kagura has the little spike thing that she gave nori to kill her and she ends up killing yomi with it yeah so god dude that's so sad she <sighs> feels bad man now i'm sad now i'm sad again michael let me, let me ask you if you had to fight your older brother john would you be able to kill him if he was trying to kill you uh if he like killed everybody else and was like and he wanted me to kill him probably so if john has a gun to my head <laughs> oh shit it says i have you need to stop me i've killed too many 
kill me or I kill Michael, what would you do? Um. Oh, that's a hard oh, one, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, fuck. John, are you still in <laughs> That's a fucking hard one, dude. <laughs> fucking John in chat. I get picked 100%. <laughs> Damn. It's, uh, oh, man. And then the, and also the OST that plays during that fight, I was like, it's, uh, it it hits you. It hits you on everything. So then after, you know, Yomi dies, and it's like two years in the future, and we see Kagura and the main character of the manga, Kensuke, talking together at uh, Tokyo Tower. And they're like, we got to take out this spirit. And Kagura is like, oh, yeah, we can do it. After she gives Kensuke the Michael 13. Yeah. And then she's like, we can do this. And then she summons Byakue. And that's how the series ends. Yeah, there was. a Well, so it, it gives us it gives us an update. Right. So uh, Nabu, Nabu, Nobu, Nabu, Nabu, Nabu. and Kujo, Koji, Koji, Koji. Uh, they're still working for the the department of what was it the department environment. of environment yeah um seaweed is a fortune teller yeah on the street yeah good old nori and uh kiri kiri's alive but she's kiri's alive but she yeah i'm assuming severe because of the mental the, damage yeah severe mental damage so she has like so she's the very childlike yeah and she's visited and, by Ayame. Yeah, and I thought it was a really nice bookend because Ayame is visiting her, and uh, Kiri resp- uh, calls her sister, like big sister. Yeah. So I thought it was a nice little bookend there. You know, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Dude, that was so. Dude, when I felt when I saw that she was alive, I was like, oh, dude, le pogers. <laughs> when she was all like. Big sister, you gotta stay with me. I was like, oh, not Poggers, bro. Dude, I was so sad because oh, I fucking no. loved Kiri. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I did the yeah. ugly, you know, where the where you cry so hard you like gag and everything. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> yeah, I was glad she was alive though. But I was like, fuck, dude. It it actually hurt quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the end of Gare Zero. You know, it leads you to go read the the manga. Uh oh. Uh oh. I have to sneeze. Bless you, bananas. Pineapple. Damn it, it didn't work. Oh god. Okay. So. Imagine sneezing into the mic, dude. I tried to turn and put it. It's. I'm sorry. I I fucking love the show. I always put this as one of my top five shows. Just I I think. (sighs) I think the relationship between Yomi and Kagura is just one of the best, like most fleshed out relationships I've ever seen. And, you know, it's not the, it's the little things, it's the big things, you know, it's everything about them, all the acting and how they greet each other, how they are about each other. It's just, I think it's one of the best relationships ever shown. I, no, sorry, go ahead. Go for it. I was, I'm good. I, like I said, I'm just going to be beating a dead horse here. I was not fond of it until episode six or seven, whenever that moment in the graveyard was. Right. Uh, I will say, though, uh, I enjoyed, uh, you know, prior to that, I did enjoy like the interactions between um, 
the department of the environment. Right. You know, like there was a really funny moment where, which I think we, we alluded to, but we didn't say where Cogger is eating Pocky. And then, uh, uh, Oh my God. Why did I just blink on her name, dude? Yomi, they do the Pocky game. Yeah. They do the Pocky game and they straight up just start like making out. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, what's the dude's name? Kazuki. Kazuki is like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they tell him like oh stop being a perv like and they're and uh he's like well what what does it matter if i look when uh when koji can look and they're like because he's placed for the other team and then he's and like then koji's <laughs> like yeah go ahead kazuki your ass yeah it's distracting <laughs> it's so funny like, i fucking love that funny, yeah but yeah dude i don't know what it was man like i just couldn't get into it that's then perfectly when, fine. Yeah, when that moment happened, I'm telling you, it was literally a, a switch flipped, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! Like, this is this is getting good." I you know? fucking love this show. This is one of my top five shows. I I absolutely just love it, and it's crazy that I've never read the manga. I'm like, kind of like because it doesn't focus, you know, it, it adds another character, and I'm like, but I love Yomi and Kagura. Why do you have to add Kensuke? You know what I mean? And that's not fair to Kensuke. He could be a pretty good character. I don't I don't know. I haven't read the manga. But uh, I've read what happens in the manga, and it's making me want to go read the manga. Care to tell us, or would you rather not? Do you want to know what happens at the end? Uh, you tell me, dude. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Yomi comes back, and yeah, she's one of the main antagonists of the series. Really? Yeah. So okay. she comes back, and she's one of the main antagonists, and she actually turns into the premier antagonist at the very end. Okay. So she's, I think she's like the maiden of black, while Kagura is the maiden of white. Okay. And they form a perfect yin-yang with each other, and there's like a big nine-tailed fox, because that's where the, the Bane stones come from. It's a solidified, yeah. yeah, it's from the nine-tailed fox. And they basically have to take it down. So... Kagura, or Yomi goes from being evil to helping Kagura save everything. And she comes back to life and everybody lives happily ever after. She comes back to life. And I'm just like, fuck, I need to see that. Yeah. Because I, I just want Yomi to have a happy... I fucking love Yomi, dude. It, honestly, I wonder why they haven't adapted Ga-Ray into... Fun a- fact! Okay, so Garay was actually supposed to be adapted into a live action series okay. by the dude who co-wrote the second Thor movie. Okay. And that was announced back in 2017. Okay. And, and we've heard nothing. Two? And we've heard nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. they probably saw Thor 2 and were like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> live here, let me find it. Action. That's really interesting. And he also said so, some weird stuff. They were going to condense the entire run of the manga into a two-hour movie? So, Thor Ragnarok Rider, developing manga Gare. Oh, Ragnarok, dude. Is that the, the second one, one or is that the third no, one? That's three, dude. That one's okay. good. Yeah. Um, developing manga Gare into a live-action series. Oh, series. Okay. And he basically goes on... I left Marvel with all my friends intact. I wanted to touch far more worlds than the one I've been exposed to for 14 years. The best place to find these great stories is here in Japan, a treasure trove of material that you can pull from. And he basically goes on, you know, 
all about that. He's like, they just filmed Ghost in a Shell. This is a perfect opportunity for it. And then that's literally all we've heard about it. Okay. So maybe it's still in development then. Maybe he hasn't finished writing. Yeah, that's Craig Kyle. How are you going to trust a dude that has two first names? Two first names. Like, what the fuck? This man's got what, though? He's got a first last name. I know, right? And it's just, I don't know. It's like, I i don't know. I'm probably going to go read the manga. I, I just hyped myself up with the manga. I'm just going to go read it. And sadly, there's no paper. Like, it's only an ebook format over here for us. Really? They never published it? They, it's, it's only been published by Bookwalker. Okay. From what I've heard, because I've been looking for copies of it, and they're like, it's all in Japanese, and I'm just like, there's no English? They're like, nope, <laughs> fuck, fuck you, and I'm just like, eh. That kind of sucks. Yeah, so I would have loved to get, you know, gotten that. And I still want to get the Sankarea volumes. Yeah, dude, I, yeah. This is what, 12, 13? Yeah, something like that. 12, something like that. Okay, but uh, as we do at the end of, Ga- of uh, our re- recap of the show... Give it a, num- a numerical score. I think you already gave it yours. Yeah, six and a half out of ten for me. I gave it a ten out of ten. I fucking love this. I fucking love this show. This is one of my favorite shows. I fucking love it. You are far too gracious, my friend. I fucking love this show. Yeah. The animation I- was phenomenal. The music was phenomenal. The voice acting was phenomenal. <laughs> I will say though, I'm actually glad because I feel like with Ghost Sick and Sankarea, we both had very similar scores. Yeah. So I'm glad that we have such a diverse opinion of it. Right. Um, I will say though, this this is what I say about any sort of numerical review. Don't take it at face value, right? Yeah, go watch it yourself. I could, you know, I could really love something and Mark could think it's shit, vice versa. Everybody's opinions are different. Uh I think it's worth it's 12 episodes. I think it's definitely worth a, a viewing. Definitely. You know um you can find it on funimation if you are yeah, interested in animation and it's uncut Ooh. which that's the other thing we didn't talk about the she too young bro yeah there's some booba yeah there's some straight up bath scene booba and i was like <laughs> dude i was watching it on the bus to school oh and no i was like oh fast forward <laughs> oh no i was like oh <clears throat> Oh Not god. Good. Yeah, dude. That's, that's so where funny. That's where I watch most of it, you know? Right. This is like on my my commute. I'm just like, oh, watch a co-. dude, like I'm on episode nine of Quintessential and I saw what the thumbnail was and I was like, I cannot watch this on the bus, dude. <laughs> I cannot I watch they're this. Like a, they're like at a, at a bathhouse or something in the thumbnail, and I'm like, I nope. Uh-uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Can't do it's it. It's just 11 and a half episodes of Kagura being useless. <laughs> no, don't do that to Kagura. <laughs> Yes, you're so mean to her. That She's growing what, that up. Is, that is from uh, antics, and that is that she is has to grow up. Comment. You can't just expect her to do anything. Oh, ca- come on! Look, I totally get her growing up, but I feel like, and I and I think I agree with May and this with you know Evil Dead May on uh, on this one. Um, she has <laughs> to grow up, and she was being babied way too fucking much. Right. Okay, like the whole like. Uh, category D, like she can't kill the human. Okay, cool. I can forgive that, whatever. But like, even, you know, even like all these other characters were like, what? Like, you're a really great fighter. Like, you know techniques that it's taken other people 
you know years to master like, yeah what are you doing yeah she's very you know? talented and i i really want more i just want i want god right i want that i wouldn't i wouldn't mind a live action i would rather prefer you know i'd rather it be just an anime but i i just want more yeah who who do i gotta talk to get some more god ray apparently to mr uh craig kyle craig kyle dude like dude maybe you should tweet at him is he on twitter tweet at him right now see craig hey at craig kyle i don't know if that's his real at don't use that um just finished a recap show over gare zero really love the anime any updates on your potential live action adaptation really looking forward to it (laughs) and then maybe he comes on the show dude and then maybe we we become best friends, dude. I don't know. Maybe, you know, dude. Okay, I'm gonna follow him. I'm following him. Followed. I followed him. Hey, um, before we announce, before well, before you tell me what the next series is gonna be, um, can I just pick your brain real quick about something totally unrelated? To Go Colorado, for it. By the way, yeah. Uh, Cowboy Bebop. Love Cowboy Bebop. I just started watching it. I'm on episode two. Ooh. Liking it so far. Really, really liking it. It was for whatever reason, one of those animes, like growing up, I was like, ah, that looks dumb. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it was. It just never interested me. But now that the live action uh, series is coming out, I was like, I'll give it a try. Really liking it. They released the, it was the lost session. It was like a two and a half minute video. Right. Which I thought, knowing very little about, cowboy bebop i thought it was really well done i thought it was fucking sick i was like like, it was it was great boy i i've seen some people say that it's not good and it's not true to the anime and those people are fucking wrong you want to know why there's a lot of it what i saw is like it looks kind of goofy i'm like did you fucking watch cowboy bebop there's an episode in cowboy sorry for this little spoiler but it's not really a spoiler where they leave food in the refrigerator, it goes bad, and it starts attacking people on the ship. Okay. And it's it's just one big joke episode. It's like, did did you forget that that episode existed? Well, not only that, but like, there's a corgi in the episode. In the, in the yeah, it's freaking Ayn. Or not Ayn. What the fuck's the fucking corgi's name? Is it Ayn or am I stupid? Cowboy B. It is Ayn. Yeah, okay. Fucking. Why, why was I doubting myself? Because you're a doubter. Because I'm yeah, dumb dude, as hell. So like, I, yeah, dude. I don't know. Even like in that first episode, there's some goofy moments, man. Where like, yeah. uh, uh, Spike. Uh, I don't remember what the girl's name was, but Faye. Like bumps into. No, no, not Faye. In the first episode, the lady with the red dress. It's Do you remember the first episode? Okay, it's been so a while. The first episode. There's a dude who they're obviously they're tracking down his bounty. He stole, like. Th- a 30 million won or whatever the fucking currency is worth of like a drug. It's like a red drug and he sprayed in your eye. Yeah. 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 And so he, it's the dude and then his girlfriend and they're tracking him down and spike bumps into the girlfriend after she goes grocery shopping and like pickpockets food from her. Right? I, yeah, I do not moment. remember her name, but okay. I know what you're talking there's about. There's literally a moment where like they bump into each other, and she's like, "Um, excuse me," and he turns around, and his fucking cheeks are like six inches out on either side. Yeah, and he reaches into his mouth and pulls out a fucking hot dog, <laughs> like a full on hot dog, and it's like, <laughs> so 
sorry. I'm just really hungry. And sometimes my, my stomach takes over my brain. And she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. You can have it. And then he reaches into his pockets and pulls out like six packages of food and hands it back to her. Like that's in the first episode. Yeah, I, I feel like you know how I mean? did you guys even watch Cowboy Bebop? That's that's what it feels like. Yeah. Or they haven't seen it in like 20 years and they're just going off by what they remember. And obviously there's obviously good real, you know, really good action scenes and really good serious scenes that stick out in my mind, you know, particularly uh stuff. Never mind, you're going to watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the end, the last episode, you'll, you'll know the scene I'm talking about. Okay. I just wanted to pick your brain about it. Cause I was like, you know, it yeah. comes out in a couple weeks, right? Yeah. November. Yeah. I'm, or is it October? I don't know. Actually. I don't it know either. It comes out this year. Live action. Which Cal. Like I, it's on Netflix and I don't yeah, fucking I, Netflix. I, I don't want to support Netflix right now. You know, fucking Cal, uh, let's see. November 19th. Okay. I'm going to do it anyway. I fucking, I, I have to. Daniela Pineda, dude. Oh, I fucking love her. Yeah, bro. We got some diversity. She, I, I've had a massive crush on Daniela Pineda. I don't know why I said her name like that. It's because my freaking. I, th- I thought you were just going to say on Faye, dude. I mean, yeah, Faye. I mean, you know, Faye is. Sheesh. But uh, she's in a movie called Mercy Black, and that's where I actually first heard of her. And I was fucking, I was like, who is this woman? I was like, <laughs> Who wow. Who are you? <laughs> she, she, Did she you was go great. full on kazoo kid, dude. You're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was me. Who are you? <laughs> that was me. Uh, John asked, what did they do? So basically uh, the controversy surrounding Dave Chappelle's newest special uh, in which he says a lot of not nice things about transgendered people. Um, uh, some employees at Netflix decided to stage a walk off, so they ended up firing the one of the employees who was a black trans woman, who was like the person who, to my knowledge, was plan was one of the ones planning the walkout, and they fired her, saying that she leaked uh stream like uh numbers to the press in terms of like how how many streams the special had, things like that. Uh, the CEO of Netflix then released a statement saying that they weren't going to pull the special because they believed in freedom of speech. It was just like a total, it was just like a total Republican talking point. Like, <laughs> oh, it's my freedom of speech. So yeah, there was the walkout happened yesterday. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. And they, they also in the email, they tried they pulled some other comedian into the like into the whole fray of things um cuz i guess this other comedian is is gay and they were like well we we support diversity like look at this other comedian who's special we you know picked up and put on the series and then that comedian came out and was like don't fucking drag me into this you pe-. like literally you piece of shit ceo <laughs> it was great dude Sheesh. yeah but anyways that's more of a we digress thing. This is Weeb Digress, Mark. This has been Weeb Digress. The no, you got to tell me what we're watching. Oh fuck, that's right. Hey Michael, do you know what we're watching next week? Uh, an anime. <laughs> oh shit! All right, dude, oh, he got it. He got it. We're done. We're watching. Bye, we're watching another one of my top five favorite shows. Okay, it's gonna take me seven episodes to get into it. Go ahead. It's called Puella Magi. Madoka Magica. 
Okay. Okay. It, this is on Crunchyroll and it's dubbed and subbed. Okay. I how many episodes? It's 12. Okay. You know what? I mix I I'm looking forward to this one, honestly. John John knows because I've showed it to John and yeah. John fucking loved it. Okay. This was All actually right. the first figure I bought was a Madoka fig- figure. Yeah, didn't we didn't you get that at the mm-hmm. convention we went to? Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, dude. But uh, Fuck it. let's do it. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening and joining us on this discussion of God Ray Zero. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And if you want to hear more, Michael, tell them where we, where they can find us. Uh, if you guys want to catch up and watch our previous two episodes, uh, one being uh, over Gosik, the other over Sankarea on Dying Love, you can go to Anchor.fm/slash Weeb Digress, uh, and that's our landing page that'll uh, take you to our podcast on a lot of different platforms. Um, or you can go to twitter.com slash, uh, we digress pod. That is the main Twitter for both of our podcasts. Um, if you want to buy some merch, you can go to we digress Fair warning though. We only have uh, merch for our other podcast. We digress. I'm working on the merch for this podcast, uh, and I'm very excited for it. I have to show Mark some stuff. Um, yeah, if you want to find me on social media, I am at Mike Madran Zero on all of the social media platforms. And if you want to find Mark, he is CloudMark27 literally everywhere. I'm doing it. He's He couldn't get CloudMark, so he's CloudMark27. <laughs> yes. But uh, that's all we have. That's all we got for, for everybody today. Thank you so much for joining us for Gare Zero. I love the show. Please go check it out. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys and gals. And non-binary pals. pals.